0: What if we could reimagine the traditional notion of a high flyer? Hey, friends, welcome back. Welcome to the High Flyers Podcast, where we do reimagine a high flyer, showcase relatable role models and their journey in work and life, including their sunrise, magic moments, hustle, and much, much more to help you achieve your potential, become your best self and continue to be 1% better every single day. I'm your host, Vidit and let's get started. Welcome to another episode, Installment 18, in this special curiosity series. I'm so glad you're enjoying the breadth and depth of perspectives we've showcased so far from a range of topics, companies, and industries. If you'd like to partner on future episodes, either as a brand or a guest, just reach out. My email is in the show notes. Today, enjoy exploring your curiosity with Natasha and Ellie from the newly formed Business Collab, which brings together restaurant-made ready meals and a selection of over 1,500 pantry products. Learn about how a LinkedIn message from Tash started this relationship and eventual acquisition, why this made complete sense, how they scaled their business through the pandemic and a deep dive into the acquisition process, bigger surprises and exciting things in the works, including same-day delivery. It's now time to explore your curiosity Please enjoy. Team Collab, Bantry, Ellie and Tash, welcome to the show.
1: Oh, thanks for having us. Glad to be here.
0: I should say welcome back to Ellie. This is oh, part right. two of the episode we did a few months ago with yourself and Josh and, and Tash's a new new entrant into the business so looking forward to learning about both your journeys it'll be good to give some perspective on, on where you've come from so Ellie maybe we we'll start with you where, where were you born and where do you live now?
1: Uh, so I was born in Castle Hill which is in the northwest of Sydney currently reside in Forest Lodge which is in the inner
2: west of Sydney um, yeah
0: and what about yourself Tash where were you born and where do you live now?
2: So I was born in the west of, uh, of Melbourne um, and I now live in the west of Melbourne in uh, Tullamarine.
0: Yeah, cool. Yeah, you know, I grew up in Melbourne, so I grew up in the southeast and I want to own a south so I know Melbourne really well and now I live in Sydney, so I feel there like I can go. relate to both of you in some way. And Ellie, <laughs> what was your first job and what do you do now?
1: First job was checkout chick at Kmart. I think I was on the 14 and nine months um, legal age of working. And yeah, I think that, you know, everyone's got to do a bit of a retail job in their life because it's kind of makes you the person that you are today when you've either done retail or hospitality. Um, And then current job
2: is co-founder and co-CEO of Colab.
0: Mm, And same question for yourself, Tash.
2: Yeah, my my first job, I remember it very well. Was um, also checkout chick, I guess um, at Spotlight. Uh, mm. So yes, Spotlight. Yeah, loved it, and that was at fourteen and nine months as well. Um, and I am now head of brand and partnerships at Collab.
0: Mm, very exciting. I was not. A, I was a checkout guy i guess is that the male (laughs) version of a checkout chick (laughs) at a at a um i was actually at a restaurant so i was a checkout waiter um and that was that was a great experience i spilled a lot of drinks so always fun to hold a tray full of drinks on a friday night let's let's talk about how both of you met i think that's a good place to for listeners to understand your story and tash do you want to do you remember the first time yourself and ellie met
2: I do, actually. I do. Um, we actually still haven't met physically, but, um, we'll, you know, more oh, It was lovely site over video. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and how did the meeting happen? Was it through an introduction or did you know each other through work or life?
2: Uh, no. So there's uh, a little bit of a background story there. Um, so I guess before we became uh, collab as one, I was working for uh, Colab Pantry which was um, the brand that we started uh, during 2020 of the um, COVID-19 pandemic Um, and then as we rebuilt that uh, myself and two of my old um, co-founders that that business grew quite rapidly and unexpectedly and we were constantly just Seeking out your know, mentors and guidance, and, and speaking to those in the industry as well. Um, and LinkedIn was one of our favorite go-to's to just you know tap into the minds of others. And um, I stumbled across uh, Josh um, of originally Chef Prep uh, somehow, and um, yeah, just reached out to him on LinkedIn and just said that you know it looks like we've got me um, some similar uh like similar product itself um and that it would be good to to chat and just um you know learn off each other and then obviously Ellie is uh the the better half or other half of uh, of Josh and I guess that's how we met.
0: And and what was it like for you, Ellie? It almost sounds like an inbound request came in from perhaps you were competitors at the start. What was, what, what is that like, like demystified for us? Like, is that just a conversation where you go, cool, thanks for reaching out. Let's have a quick chat. Or did you have possible partnership aspirations?
1: Yeah, I think, um. so obviously Tash reached out to Josh and I think I actually re- distinctly remember him saying, look, I've got this, this message from um, a woman named Natasha. She's running a, a business called Colab Pantry, it looks amazing. I want to have a chat to her. And I was like, yeah, go for it. Because we've always had that approach of like, yes, we may be competitive when you look at it in kind of like from, you know, outside of market perspective. But we saw that they were approaching the problem from a very different angle to what we currently were. Um and we've also always had the sort of mantra of just like Talk to anyone, you know, like even competitors, we, we, we constantly chat to people playing in the same space as us because it's always nice to exchange ideas, possibly help people out if you can, um, share information, etc. So that's where those initial conversations kind of started. And then we just, as we continued to have those conversations, it went from sort of like a partnership opportunity to a really like, holy shit, we're so aligned on so many kind of fronts and factors maybe there could be something more here and I think there was conversations around CoLab Pantry I know that they had a lot of suitors from an acquisition perspective and then they you know Tash and the team actually came to us and said hey like look we've got a couple of people or a few people quite interested in you know acquiring us would this be something that Chef Prep would be interested in because we actually feel far more aligned to, you know, what you guys are doing. And, you know, that's kind of where the the conversations, you know, really kicked off from an acquisition perspective.
0: I, I want to get to acquisition in a second. But before that, what helped you get to a point of, as you said, Tash, where a certain level of scale and, and sort of that product market fit, if you want to use that term? Was there a mm-hmm. unique insight that you found at CoLab when you were building that out that particularly during the pandemic where the category that you're in of food and, and e-commerce really took off, but also there was more competition. Like what do you think on reflection in that first 12 months helped you scale Colab?
2: Mm. Um, yeah, it's an interesting question. I think um, like there's, there's no doubt in saying that I guess as awful as the pandemic was, I guess it did um, aid in creating this, this gap or, or discovering this gap in the market. Um, And I guess, like, how we came about Colab Pantry is that, um, you know, myself, I was working in uh, the hospital for a hospitality group um, in brand events and marketing. Um, And then, you know, things happened, we all got made, you know, stood down temporarily. And then we were whilst that transition was happening, we were also helping to create um, platforms so that uh, some of these uh, restaurants and cafes and groups could um, sell their products online. Um, so that's what I was assisting in doing with um, my current or my previous um, work, workplace. Um, and then once I had actually got made stood down, I uh, found that um, more and more vendors out there, they were trying their best to sell all these products but didn't have a platform for that um, and then myself and uh, my uh, previous co-founders um, were just chatting and said look there there is a gap for this um, and let's let's see what we can do because we had some downtime and we had you know some level of skill that you know knew how to kind of create websites and and have these conversations with vendors as well um, so I guess from that perspective, speaking with vendors, they found that um, they needed that, that assistance to uh, you know, assist in, number one, creating that platform, but then also the, the logistical side. Um, and then once we started creating that, customers from the consumer's perspective uh, were loving what they had seen. There wasn't so much uh, anything like this at the time um, because it was a new market, um, and, you know, customers were either used to going directly to these vendors and shopping uh, direct and having to drive from, you know, point A to B to C or just their, you know, the bigger um, supermarkets that didn't have those unique um, quality and premium products. Um, so I guess as we built, all you know, like this this platform for um, CoLab Pantry, consumers found that, okay, this is actually Really cool. I've always wanted this, but you know, wasn't aware that I actually needed this. And then, as I was saying, yes, the, the pandemic I guess helped in that sense of creating a, a you know that space where we could do it for the consumers. And then, even as we were coming in and out of lockdown, um, we still saw that this is something that customers wanted. Um, so we 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 found that there were gaps in the market and there was a need need for it and then I guess from the vendor's perspective they found that um, they wanted to tap into it they loved being able to you know give their local customer um, you know a bottle of sauce or you know some seasoning that they would usually find on that steak at that restaurant but they could then go and serve it up at home and create an entertaining experience um, as well so um, yeah
0: You you make it sound so easy. You make it sound very, very easy, but uh, I know, I know, if I sound hard, it is.
2: It definitely wasn't. Yeah, it uh, definitely wasn't easy.
0: I I want to come to you in a second, Deli, but on Hmm. your point there, Tash, do you remember the first customer you acquired? Like, how did you? How did they find you, or how did you find them?
2: Yeah. Um. So there were a few, a few. Um. And I guess at that point we were just kind of like emailing our contacts that we had worked with previously and just saying, hey, this is what we were doing. Um. We I remember speaking with, uh, Samaj. Um. They're a distributor of um, teas, um, and like drinking chocolate and whatnot. Um. And I had a personal contact with them and just explaining what it is that we were doing and they were really keen about it but then I guess there were some other vendors that we were speaking to and it was quite difficult to explain what it was that we were doing as well from someone who it's like this is complete random I don't know anything about you um and then also just trying to understand what the model looks like how does it work for them what's the catch um you know, are you licensed and do you have a warehouse and all, and everything else, all those legalities that come with it as well. Um, but, yeah, so it was definitely uh, probably some probably were one of the first, but it was a constant, like, you know, trying to keep that afloat of ensuring that you had enough uh, restaurants and cafes and bars, you know, come mm. on board that were actually keen to you know, build a platform out.
0: And Ellie, you mentioned earlier about when Tash reached out to Josh, you were open to... To exploring how you can work together and was there any kind of unique insight there that you felt you could have synergy together between Chef Prep and CoLab like if you look back now was there anything missing within Chef Prep that you felt CoLab could fulfill for you from a customer perspective?
1: Yeah yeah definitely I think um because we had so we were sort of tackling the same overarching problem but we were tackling it from a different approach so if you look at colab pantry i think even it's in their name pantry they'd actually tash and the team had done a fantastic job focusing more on the premium you know pantry items um so shelf stable pantry goods also on you know chilled meats and fresh produce and then there was prepackaged meals that were made by um, providers but they hadn't done what we had done which was really focused on the restaurants um, actually you know producing custom meals for the platform so that was the way that we had focused on the problem of you know enabling independent food makers to reach broader audiences It's like we looked at the restaurants first and said, hey, there's a whole bunch of restaurants that, you know, are fantastic you know, food makers, how can we give them a platform that doesn't eat into their existing businesses that actually complements their businesses? So we looked at that um, side of the equation. And because that's a quite a like time consuming, consuming process in and of itself, you've got to go meet with the restaurants, you got to facilitate the packaging, you got to facilitate the recipe development, we also help them out with the labeling. That's what we squarely focused on so we then, you know, quite quickly realized we had a gap in all of our other categories on the platform, which Colab Pantry had done a fantastic job going out and sourcing, you know, the other categories and the other products to to fit those categories. So when we came together, it's like, you look at the offering um, that we currently have, and it's, you know, huge in comparison to, to what we previously had. So it's like, know most of the categories that you can kind of think of at an independent grocer and then also you know restaurant quality meals um, so I think we've got close to 150 different brands now um, and then around 1,500 products that you can get across the board so yeah that was kind of the the missing piece of the puzzle so to speak.
0: It, it all sounds very positive based on what both of you are saying like the question almost is why did you need to partner together right and, and maybe yeah. tash given you reached out first is and this might be some education for the listeners as well about the category you play in like what were some of the kind of unknowns about even though you were growing and then probably maybe growing faster than what you expected based on the answer before but was there anything missing about what you were doing or how did you have that kind of forward-looking vision because as founders you need to believe in your business and that your business can be the biggest business ever like it's quite brave to reach out to another founder and go hey let's look at partnership opportunities like what was that insight that made you want to reach out to Chef Prep?
2: Yeah um, completely so I think that um, we definitely didn't have it all (laughs) all all in hand that's that's for sure. Um, I guess uh, well based on my my storytelling of how Colab Pantry started we never sat down and said hey this is when were going to start a business and we actually knew what we were getting ourselves into it, it started off as more of like an, an emotional project that wanted to help um and because we grew so rapidly um within like 18 months we were just kind of like doing our best and doing as much as we could um but I guess there's one thing that like we always stand by is like just know what you know um and there was so much more that you know, we could have learned. And I guess that's where it stemmed from initially reaching out to, you know, just stalking LinkedIn and, and landing on, you know, Josh and, you know, trying to pick his brain as well. And I think that as we grew, when we looked at scaling, you know, you're looking at um, the operations cost and, and yes, you can believe in your brand, but I think you also need to be realistic as to what, it actually, you know, involves and in what is required in order to sustain and scale a brand. And then I think just yeah, speaking to Josh and Ellie, it just, it, it felt right. And, you know, there was initially three of us that were building CoLab Pantry along with, you know, some casuals that were assisting. But as you grow a business, you, you need so many more resources um, and, you know, skilled resource as well. And like, we're so grateful that, you know, we landed on um, you know Josh and Ali who are filled with knowledge themselves, and we now have a team of thirty, yeah, maybe no, I'm not, yeah. not sure. I'm and yeah, yeah, it's and it's growing, and everyone we work with are just um, so skilled and and uh, so knowledgeable at what they do. So I think, yeah, you definitely don't know it all, and I think you have to stay open to to looking at. Um, at others that can assist you where you need it um and yeah, as as Ali was saying it just seemed like our goals and visions were so aligned freakishly aligned that it just made sense to you know combine forces
0: yeah and that was my question to you Ellie. tell us about that how did that happen like from that initial LinkedIn message often you read about the what and the why but not the how and it'd be cool to maybe demystify, even firstly, like when did the thought of acquisition first come up? Like who who mentioned it? How did that, who took the first step to ask the other person, do you want to be
1: acquired? Like how did that I think, how did we, that happen? I think we got a sneaky NDA from Tash. <laughs> I was like, oh, we're getting an NDA. Something, Something's going on here. So I think what and, and NDA is a non disclosure agreement, which means you've obviously got to keep the. The, the topics of the conversation confidential so I think as soon as we we got the request for an NDA we kind of I mean I think we had a sneaking suspicion that maybe the, the conversation was going to go somewhere um where we didn't quite initially expect it to go to and I think that there was like a little bit more impetus like I said because there was quite a few people um, understandably sniffing around Collab Pantry because they're such a fantastic business. Um, so that, you know, they did a great job of creating demand on that side of the equation. So we were obviously like, hey, we don't want to miss out on an opportunity here. Um, from our perspective, it was really about conducting, you know, comprehensive due diligence process. So obviously that's on the legal and accounting um, side of things, which can take as we all know very well, Tash, much longer than one would hope because it's excruciatingly painful when you get some third parties involved in the process. But good times—that is, what it is. <laughs> um, I won't name any names there. But yes, um, it can be—it can be a bit torturous because there is so much detail, and then obviously you're constantly working. Like the longer it drags out, the more um, due diligence you have to do because you're doing due diligence all the way up to completion. So then that creates like a a bit of a moving um, completion date, which makes it quite difficult. Um, But yeah, it's really like it's it's really about getting to comprehensively know what the business is. Also sort of lifting the bonnet on your own business to the other party, because um, a lot of the time there's due diligence that has to be conducted on the other side of the equation as well. Um, and a lot of legal and accounting back and forth that takes place. Um, and then, you know, obviously there's various ways of valuing businesses and things like that. I won't go into the commercial terms, but, you know, once you've got an agreement, it's all those processes off the back to, to finalise it.
0: What was the biggest surprise out of that process? Because I know, Ellie, I think you, you worked in law prior to this. So I'm sure there's probably some transferable skills there. But I think another part that, back to your point about being VC, backed, you you from founders is, when you're fundraising or looking at acquisition, it's almost like you're doing two jobs. You're trying to build yeah. your own business. Yeah, you might be a line manager, but you're also trying to fundraise and spend time with lawyers and spend time with accountants. Tell us about that, because I think that's as part of the unknowns, like it sounds really sexy to say we've been acquired and it's millions of dollars and you get a front page headline, but behind the scenes is probably long hours and maybe some even some tense negotiations. What was the biggest surprise out of that process?
1: Yeah, definitely. I th- I mean, really, I think the biggest surprise was the fact that we we managed to handle it, I think, on both sides of the equation really well, even though there was significant delays in, you know, the due diligence process. And also, there's always going to be tense negotiations in an um, acquisition process. Like, I've been through quite a few M&A transactions in my previous life, and I can safely say that none of them are, like, smooth sailing ever. Um, and there's always going to be, you know, spanners in the work, you know, last minute things that come up that then require like a readjustment of every transaction document etc um but i think it's you know a testament to the fact that two of the three co-founders are now like you know incredible employees with colab that you know we really all came together because we kind of understood what the end goal was and even though it was quite difficult and it was you know probably a huge distraction for both parties in terms of the day-to-day operations of the business because you've got you know all this additional work that you're doing because of the acquisition process. Um, I think the biggest surprise was that we, you know, we, we managed to get through it, in a in a really healthy manner. And we've come out like, you know, it's kind of one plus one equals 10 now on the other side of the the transaction, which is really nice.
0: And Tash, tell us about the name of the business. Cause you had Collab Pantry, you had Chef Prep, maybe an alternative was a new name completely. Take us inside that, like what were the conversations about what the collective name should be?
2: Yeah, sure. So um, I guess in terms of looking at the name, obviously, I think one thing that um, Josh and Ellie love so much about um, Colab Pantry itself is that we had built quite um, a strong brand um, here in Melbourne. Um, and we were, you know, look, we had a bit of a, a national presence as well. So I think that I guess that was quite positive, um, you know, buying into the brand that we had built and being recognised as Colab Pantry. Um, but then as Ellie mentioned a little earlier as well, is that having, you know, that name Pantry it almost, you know, does it close it off um, to being broad and, and having, you know, more ready-made meals, which is what something um, Chef Prep had done so well. Um, so we went through a whole naming strategy um, as a part of, you know, this bit of a rebrand and then we we loved CoLab. It made sense that we were collaborative um, and it was still part of CoLab Pantry so that we weren't so foreign to our existing um, consumers and our vendors as well. Um, and then, yeah, we we finally landed on on collab being our name.
0: Yeah. And from your aspect, Ellie, Chef Prep was your baby. That was a name you came up with. It was probably very close to you. Was there anything that you were thinking about the name that that kind of made this process tricky? Because I would think as a founder, you'd want to keep Chef Prep the name right because it's so it's like changing your own name going I'm gonna call myself Tash and not recall Ellie. <laughs> how did you decide on going all in on a name which as Tash mentioned makes complete sense but mm. there is an emotional connection to your, to your current name
1: yeah yeah name. like I definitely didn't take the decision lightly but I think um I was pretty I tried to take a like emotion out of it. And I like the name mm. Chef Prep, but I also think it's quite limiting um, as a name as well. So very much in a similar way to Colab Pantry, you know, chef prep is kind of narrowed to chef prepared f- food. So I thought, you know, when you take emotion out of it, when you look at the fantastic job that the Colab Pantry team had done building a beautiful brand, really ter- telling the narrative, telling the story quite well. Um, and also like you know, objectively having a head start in the market and having a greater presence in the market. I thought, you know, there's just like, to me, it makes more sense to move over to the collab brand. Um, and then I think, you know, as Tash mentioned, collab kind of it perfectly summarizes what we've done, which is a collaboration between the two different companies. And then it opens us up for the opportunity to have collab meals, collab pantry, collab beverages. You know, to really easily. Um, subcategorize all the offerings that we have across the platform
0: and as part of the second generation of the business tell us about how your roles have evolved maybe Tash if we start with you I think you introduce yourself as the head of marketing in this new world of collab pantry what's what's different about your role now as a collective business
2: yeah so yeah so current role is head of brand and partnerships I guess uh, previously because we were such a small team we were kind of you know um, customer service and operations and driver and pickpacker and and all and all sorts. So I guess now it's just you know um, you know narrowing down into what we know as individuals best. I guess it's been quite the transition. I think in learning for myself, learning to let go of the day to day. And you know, we used to have day to day connections with our vendors and customers. Um, you know, even just pickpacking. So learning to remove myself from the wider activities and just kind of narrowing in. But it's been really exciting, you know, working with Ellie and Josh and others within the team um, to focus solely on that. And it's, it's exciting to see what we can do when you focus all of your energy on, you know, that one, I guess, role plus, you know, plus, you know, a little bit more on the side. But, um, yeah, it's really exciting to actually put all of your energy into that rather than, uh, you know, have your fingers dipped in every single pie, uh, which can cause a lot of distractions. Uh, yeah.
0: And, and and I'd love to stretch that point you've made maybe around bringing it back to you as as sort of collective team members in the new businesses. Where do you think each other complements your skill set, Ellie, if you start with you? Is there some way you feel you go to Tash for and you're like, Tash is the go-to person that you perhaps can't answer that question? And then Tash, I'll ask you the same question as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, Tash and Avin have been amazing. Like they know, especially in relation to their existing business, like they know it in the minutiae detail. I think when you're, you're kind of the ones in every single aspect of the business, like You kind of know it like the back of your hand so there's obviously a lot of um knowledge there that you know whenever we've got specific questions around around the nuances of how colab pantry runs we're obviously you know hitting up both tash and av um on those fronts and then tash and av like i mean specifically tash has been fantastic at fostering those relationships with um all the different vendors on collab pantry so there's just like a ton, a wealth of knowledge around, you know, what's working, what's not working, um, you know, potential opportunities, who we should be approaching from a procurement perspective, what type of products work, um, what customers want. There's just there's just so much knowledge there that um, we're constantly, I think we're probably on a daily basis tapping into mm-hmm. poor, poor Tasha's brain, um, much to her dismay on that front. I love it.
0: And same question for you, Tash. Is there something you feel Ellie complements with skill set that you feel she's better at?
2: Absolutely everything. I think um, you both <laughs> so Ellie nice to each other. <laughs> yeah. We've got a big love for one another. Um, you know, I think uh, you know Ellie is just uh, so wise, but filled with wisdom. And I think that you know, with Ellie's background in law as well. Um, I think having worked in, in a corporate um, environment for a long period of time, it's good to kind of legalise things and just um, when you need to apply processes and, and everything else from that side of things, Ellie's just, she's she's my, my personal go-to and um, it's, it's good just kind of getting a quick answer from Ellie itself. But I think even when it comes to scaling a business and looking um, at the business as a whole, In a a, like future prediction sense, like knowing the clear vision and how to get there um, from from that operational uh, perspective, they can actually put into place. If that makes any sense at all,
0: we've got a few minutes left, so I'd love to close with a rapid fire round, and maybe we start with you, Ellie. Is Mm -hmm. there one thing you'd like to learn in the next six
1: months? Ooh, like anything.
0: Well, I mean, related to the business, but it could be life as well. It could be, could be surfing or could be running.
1: Um, one thing I'd like to learn in the next six months. Oh shit! Oh god, that's really that's a really
2: hard question. Where'd you come up with that one? Um, um,
0: Tash, did you, you want to answer it while Ellie
2: thinks? You try that one. Bring you off as you've asked, Ellie. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, is there you know, something
0: as part as you're growing the business? Like, I guess what I'm trying to ask is, like, where do you think you need to grow your understanding of the business or the market as you're now a collective business?
2: Yeah, um, I think I'm I'm excited to tap more into, I guess, um, you know, the original team of Chef Prep and to just keep learning more and more about Chef Prep because I think, as we've said, you know, CoLab Pantry and Chef Prep becoming CoLab, it made sense that we both had, you know, positive learnings from, each separate um, business, and I think there's still so much more to learn. that we've only just recently merged, so we're working through all of that. Um, so I guess you know that's another thing is is enjoying becoming the one brand and then just exercising it to become the best uh, brand combined. Yeah, that's really um, good point. I think uh,
1: yeah. like refocusing on the question. I'd really now that we've got the consolidated data in one place, it's like really, really honing in and understanding who our customers are. I think we had like a pretty good idea who Chef Prep customers were, but we need to like better understand who the combined customers are now for Colab. Um, and then there's been a ton of work done in the last like three months on our products um, and optimizing our products and understanding our sell-through rates um, and things like that. And I'm really excited to start to see those insights then really passed on to the procurement team so that we kind of create that really nice flywheel.
0: Nice. And, and last question, as we've come out of COVID and people are more out and about, what's the biggest trend that you're seeing? Are there any particular products or types of meals that people are really honing into that's different from the two years we were in lockdown?
2: Yeah, I mean, for for myself, for me, it would be the ready-made meals um, and just just having and, and, – and your condiments, but I think it's just um, – Having frozen meals in your freezer ready to go, I think everyone's enjoying some normality. Um, whether that's just you know going out late during the week or even just working late during the week itself, it's it's having those meals on hand ready to go, and um, they're quality meals. So yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, I think it's been it's been really surprising. I thought there would have been a much greater dip in the like ready-made meal um, sales off the back of you know end of lockdown people you know going back out getting back into going to restaurants and things like that and I think what we saw from um, a chef prep perspective prior to the acquisition was that yes there was a, a drop-off for the ready-made meal sales straight after um, lockdown ended but that quickly uptipped when I think people went back to some sort of semblance of normality because I think that there's always you know A lot of space for convenience meals, and that you know, kind of the going out every night then became a bit of a chore in and of itself for a lot of people. So, um, that's been really interesting to see, and I think. What I'm super excited to see now is, you know, how people combine different categories of products now that we're collab and you know, all the kind of cross-selling and upselling opportunities that we've got to explore and, and you know, the weird and wonderful ways people order things I'm always fascinated about.
0: Super exciting. And is there anything I haven't asked that either of you would like to share about your new joint business with our listeners? Um,
1: Not really, unless you wanted to talk about like the actual um, – like where we service and that type of stuff as well, because I think the big thing now is that we're sort of we're pretty much service everywhere, except I think for a couple of states and territories, which is, is really, really cool. Mm. Um, and I think the big thing is also that you can get, you know, Victorian based, like Vic- Victorian produced products um, in Sydney and vice versa, which is something, you know, quite new and novel, um, and that we're, we're going to be introducing same-day delivery relatively soon too. So we're going to be sort of competing in that convenience space somewhat.
0: Nice. And Tash, from a brand perspective and partnership, is there anything on the horizon that's exciting? <laughs>
1: uh,
2: yeah, I guess introducing CoLab um, as the brand itself to our consumers and our vendors, um, but it's just going to have a little bit of a, a facelift. We're really proud of the new, uh, the new visual That we are, um, and you know, we've just kind of refined our tone of voice, and it's going to be really exciting to put that into practice. Um, So yeah, we're we're still the same, but just matured. Just matured. We've had a yeah, we've grown up. Yeah,
0: yeah, I I like that, and and I'm glad this podcast is part of that sort of brand awareness, and people can understand a bit more about the people behind the brand. So that's the finish line. Thank you so much for joining me, and yeah, super pumped for. Coilab pantry and, and where it goes in the future.
2: Thanks so much for Thank having so us on. Much for having us,
0: I hope you've taken away some valuable insights from this conversation to apply to your lives and continue to be 1% better every day. And stay tuned for the next episode in this Curiosity series where we take you inside another topic,
1: company, or industry.